In today's episode, we are speaking to the amazing Hera Ali, someone who I absolutely admire and look up to, and I have the privilege of calling a business partner as well. A woman who's actually set up a business in three different continents, in three different countries, and has had phenomenal, has seen phenomenal success. So let's get, let's find out how she developed her mindset and how she was able to go from a, a novice to an expert, and not in just one country, but in three different countries. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame, and to blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about mindset strategies and energy tools that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. It's Gul Khan here, your host. And today I'm super, super excited to be speaking to the one and only Hera Ali. Now, Hera Ali has a really soft spot in my heart because not only is she an amazing human being, a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal coach, a leader, a leadership speaker. I mean, I'm going to let her give her own introduction. But from my point of view, she's an amazing human being, an, an amazing friend, and a fabulous, fabulous business partner. We are business partners. We have a company together that we run, which is an amazing, amazing company. We'll talk about some of the time. But for today, it's all about Hera, and I do love her. So I'm giving, I'm giving oh. her so much. But she is phenomenal. <laughs> And a woman who's actually set up a business, not in one, but three different continents and successfully, may I add. So someone I truly admire. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here, Hera. Oh, thank you so much, Gul. That is indeed very high praise. Uh, and I share mutual feelings for you. You know that. I love you very much. Um, and thank you for calling me, inviting me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Right, so Hira, now I know you're amazing and I just, I can't, uh, my heart's overflowing with praise and love for you, but I want you to tell the listeners who may not have heard of Hira, which is a bit bizarre if you haven't, but for those who haven't heard of what Hira does, tell us who you are and what do you do? Okay, so I am um, primarily and essentially known as an author of the book, which I would like to think is, is quite popular now. It's called Her Way to the Top, A Guide to Smashing the Glass Ceiling. I'm also a writer. Um, I write a lot of articles and I've been published um, in hundreds of global media outlets, including Women at Forbes and HuffPost and Female Lead and, and, and many, many others. Um, and other than that, I'm a leadership expert and I primarily, um, I primarily specialize in women ethnic minority leadership. And what else? Yeah, I've done podcasting as well. My podcast was um, listed in HuffPost as one of the top rising podcasts. And I'm also a career coach accredited by International Coach Federation and a licensed NLP practitioner. Wow. It's quite a mouthful. There's so much. You do, you do a lot of things and you, and quite rightly so, that's why you're so famous. And I forgot to mention, yeah, you're a best-selling author. So your book, um, Her Way to the Top is amazing. And I've been quoted in that too. So I'm quite, <laughs> quite, yeah, yeah. quite impressed with that. All right. So, so as I mentioned in the beginning, Kira, how did you go about setting up a business from scratch in three different co- continents, let alone countries? So start us with that. You know, how do you, how did you get started and how do you so in uh, that's a very interesting question i think i started working i was um i started working in pakistan that, that's where i'm originally from and uh, in pakistan even though i didn't set up a business but i do, did um 
build my leadership brand from ground zero because obviously I started working and um, I worked in two companies in Pakistan. It was a pharmaceutical company and a distribution company, but I did quite well. I was working in a completely male-dominated industry with 21 men mm-hmm. who were twice my age. So um, you know, it was a bit tricky, but uh, Alhamdulillah, I think it, it went very well. And I got promotions, I got increments, I, I was doing very well. I was in a very good career trajectory. Um, until my husband decided to move to Dubai. Uh, so that was for better job respect. So we moved to Dubai. Uh, in Dubai is where I decided to sort of, because I was expecting, I decided to sort of do a freelance work. And um, the, the response was really good. I remember the first time I trained uh, 45 women from Nigeria who actually worked with the Nigerian president. Wow. Um, and this was my first assignment there. And these women had landed at, you know, five o'clock in the morning at 9 a.m. I was supposed to train them and I was told that, you you know, you have to keep them up. And I was like, oh God, that's really challenging. But the training went very well. And initially, I had, you know, I, I did experience imposter syndrome because before that I was only training Pakistani people. Yeah. Um, and that was like my first, first international exposure. And the training uh, was amazing. The feedback was brilliant. Uh, in fact, I was told by the trainer that the next day, uh, they were asking for me because I wasn't training the next day. Said, you know, call her back. She was really good. So that's, I think, um, really encouraged me. And I started doing more and more freelance training until I launched my own company for EV management consulting. And under that umbrella, I trained hundreds of people. Um, and of course, in Dubai, when I moved to Dubai, I did have a, a few contacts from Pakistan. But of course, it was a relatively new market you know, still comparatively. It took time. It took a couple of years. But eventually, I had very nice clients with reoccurring income and you know how Dubai is it was tax free it was it was a, a very good um, luxurious life I would say and you know I wasn't working too hard I mean I, I was working hard and obviously you can't really get results without working hard but I wasn't working too hard it was a very comfortable life and nobody knew me I wasn't very popular there but nevertheless I think it was it was quite nice and then my husband decided to move to London mm-hmm. yeah. There's a person who sort of moved and I moved with him. I don't think so I would have dared to move on my own, but because of him, I moved. And I think every time the move has also been really good for, I mean, he moves for his um, you know, job prospects, but every time the move has also been very good for me. Yeah. And in London, I think it was truly challenging because I didn't know anybody here at all, at all. I had no support structure, no friends, no network. Um, and that's when I decided to start writing and do broadcasting because I thought that's a very good way to sort of um, uh, spread my message and, and talk to people and communicate people, uh, with people and build my leadership brand. Um, and of course, it was all pro bono because, you know, um, it's free, right? You, you can write whatever you want. Of course, the content has to be good and useful. Mm. Um, and I think the write, writing took off very well because um, I was published um, you know, in Huffington Post, in Women at Forbes, I think my limelight, you know, the overnight success, as you would call it, was was one of the days when Ariana Huffington shared my blog. So I think that was wonderful. Um, So yeah, I, and then I wrote a book and then I was also being invited for, you know, leadership sessions and talks um, and leadership development programs. And then I launched Career Excel, as you know, which is an online women leadership program with my partner in U.S., uh, who I've never met in person. We've only met online. And then I launched The Grey Area, which captures the experience of ethnic minorities with Sharon Kutaria. She's in London. We met. <laughs> she's a very good friend. 
course. And um, and then I launched international women empowerment events, and we had a launching conference in Maldives last year, and I launched this with you. Um, so it was it was really a wonderful experience uh, so far. And yeah, this has been my journey. So what has been the biggest obstacle for you on this path? I mean, it, you've made it sound so easy, but I know I've been, I've been, I know it quite, quite well. So I know your ups and downs and how um, challenging things have been at certain times, especially moving to UK. And I know with the Pakistani background, there is this, that hang up that, you know, somehow there is, there's, there's, there's a cultural, uh, a cultural sort of programming that happens to most people, including people who were born here, but especially people coming from Pakistan, somehow, you are in a Western world and therefore somehow inferior. How did you overcome that? And this is a very big uh, a factor which contributes towards the imposter syndrome. Why, why should someone, a white person or a white man or females or people around, listen to someone, a brown girl from Pakistan? This is a major thing for you. So how did you overcome that? Yes. So that's very interesting. I think when I first moved to UK, I did have a lot of imposter syndrome. And I was like, why would anybody listen to me? And who am I? Who am I to contribute? Um, to anything over here. And so those thoughts were there. I remember I met um, uh, a coach earlier on and uh, he told me this thing. He said, you know what, whatever you do, you know, the leadership trainings and career coaching and whatever you're offering to people, irrespective of their background, ethnicity, um, the, whatever you're offering is really relevant to, to everybody across the board. It doesn't really matter where they're from because, you know, you're coaching, you do, you do leadership um, and emotional intelligence and all these things around soft skills. And that's for, for that. And you are qualified. You do have like a, you know, degrees and you, you're accredited. So, so then what's stopping you back? And I was like, well, that's true. And then um, I think I also sort of used my uniqueness to my advantage because I thought, Yes, I am a brown Asian Muslim girl, but that is also what makes me unique because I bring a lot of international experience to the market. So I had experience working in Asia and Middle East. And then because I, uh, thanks to this, you know, Zoom and online technology, I was reaching out to women across the globe, you know, including US and Africa and Canada and Australia. So I had um, access to all these women literally across the globe. Uh, so that was um, so that's how I positioned myself as somebody who was an international speaker who brought international perspective. Um, and yes, of course, there were times when I would be published in amazing places. I would be interviewed. Uh, you know, you know my my career success, right? So they have been amazing achievements. Yeah, they're amazing, they're phenomenal achievements. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, you know. Um, and I think the one thing which I didn't um, hesitate to do was step up and ask people. Uh, to sort of, you know, ask for favors in terms of, can you give me a book re- review? Can you give me a testimonial? I was never really scared. And of course, I built, uh, I, I took a lot of time to build relationships. It wasn't, it wasn't like, a, you know, one fine day I reach out and say, can you send me a review or a testimonial? Because relationships take time mm-hmm. uh, and networking takes time. Re- reciprocity is the key. So I think that is really important. So whoever was there for me, my, you know, the mentors, the industry leaders, um, I was always there for them. I would, I would support their work. I was always there to appreciate and acknowledge them. So when my time came, they knew that, you know, she's not somebody who's always asking, asking, asking. Because I was also giving, yeah. uh, from my perspective, I, I tried to sort of give that respect. And acknowledgement. Pay it forward, isn't it? It's a, it's a concept pay of pay it forward. forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I think networking was important, not being afraid not being scared and I mean what's the maximum worst thing that could happen right people would say no right uh, and that's absolutely all right if they would say no 
I would start, and, and trust me, a lot of my book testimonials from these amazing people, you know, Global Influencers came out. Blair, so let's not, let's not forget Terry Blair. And, and that was after the book got published. So I, I reached out to them. They didn't have time. So I said, okay, even if you don't have time, I'm going to still send the book to you because obviously if I say that you're a role model, I mean it. So it's not that if you refused the testimonial to me, so I will no longer send you the book. But I did send them the book and you know, on the weekend, I suddenly get a review. So, and from Ziauddin, you said Zayn Malala's dad, he's been very supportive of my work. So all these people um, gave me reviews after the book was published, which was uh, fantastic. I didn't expect it. But I think we just need to ask ourselves this question, what is the worst that can happen, right? And I think every time there was negativity or any time I felt that, oh, I'm not up to the task, I, I, I use this technique called the brain flip, in which I literally count to three and I flip my negative thought with something very positive and I trained my mind so much good in the past few years and of course you have also played a very important role um, with all your amazing talks and sessions and we've personally benefited a lot from you as friends and you know as team members uh, with all the amazing things you tell us I mean it's so powerful this you know the, the, the techniques and strategies you teach they're amazing so they, they were also really effective and I think Having a, a group around you who's supportive, who's feeding in these positive thoughts in your mind, that's also very important. So I'm, I'm very grateful that I have these amazing uh, friends, you know, these ama this amazing circle of, of, of friends who are there to support me and family members, which of course includes you as well. Uh, and we're always there to listen to me when I have to went out because I've called you, God knows, so many times. Oh God, so, you know, to went out just, you know, when you're having a hard, hard time. So... Yeah, and I, and I think whatever hard time you go through is going to be okay, honestly. I mean, it doesn't feel like it's going to be okay, but there'll, there'll be a time that, well, things will be okay. I think that's, that's the basic connection. Also, the fact that a lot of times things which are bad for you and things which don't work in your favor later turn out to be a blessing. So in 2018, I had a very difficult year. I stopped working for six months um, and, you know, I was under a lot of emotional stress and I, my book launch got postponed and there was a death in the family and, you know, my mom wasn't keeping well. So lots of things happening at the same time. And I literally saw working for six months and uh, my book launch was postponed and critics that launch was postponed. But then it, in February, it turned out to be a huge blessing because before that I had no reviews. My book was actually going to be published without any testimonials. But because I waited that long until February, I, I managed to get in some very good testimonials. So I think... In hindsight, everything that happens, happens for a reason, even if it seems like a problem, obstacle right now. And I have this full faith, um, you know, with respect. Even, I, I never really get disappointed with, with, with career stuff, to be honest. I've, oh, I think God, Allah has blessed me um, more than I had asked for ever, honestly. And I'm super grateful for that. Um, and yeah, I think uh, just sort of count your blessings, be positive, reframe your, your, your mindset. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to own your identity. That's really important. I have never been afraid to share that I am an Asian Muslim brown girl with, 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 with cultural values, which I don't want to violate. So this is where, you know, these are my boundaries. Uh, if I eat halal food, or if I don't drink alcohol, I've made that known since the first day. Because I feel creating awareness is very important. To be authentic is really important. So if you're not able to be your authentic you, then you'll never be able to succeed. So it's important to sort of bring that to the table. And my friends and you know business partners and colleagues have all respected that um, since day one, which I'm very grateful for. So I guess these are all uh, the strategies I sort of used to kind of um, you know sustain those really really hard days. 
What else do you think has been your biggest obstacle to attaining the success you have? And now you have had phenomenal success going to the house of lords and and the kind of you know kind of praise and testimonials that came forward for your book but for someone like when i look upon you there's somewhere inside of you this this little young pakistani girl who's come onto the international platform with a bang and at times i see those you know i see that little young girl thinking oh my god what the hell am i doing here what do they why do they think i'm so amazing am i really that amazing do you think i'm amazing (laughs) no being a close friend i know those things come up from externally nobody would think that for a second like here i would never say or even dream of saying something like that but because i'm with you i'm i hear those things how would you respond back then i think it's important to own those vulnerable moments yes that's what makes you you and it makes you so connectable and relatable to people because not everyone um, is as confident or as articulate or as has tasted the kind of success that you have Oh, how would you how would you how would you help someone like that who thinks well here it's all good for you but you're very clever or you're you're you're, you're super amazing or you've had good luck that's another one mm. in lucky what would you say to someone like that who has that kind of mindset thinking you're just lucky or i just can't do it or you're more talented than me what advice would you give them so first of all i think yes uh, you know luck could be important but luck favors those who are prepared absolutely, and, absolutely. so i think I would say, and I think I would confidently own this. Yes, I have been lucky. I wouldn't deny it. You know, by the grace of God, I have, um, you know, in terms of career particularly, I've been very lucky. But I would say that I have put in a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. And people usually feel that if you, when, you, when you're an entrepreneur, people usually post only the good things. I mean, I haven't published uh, about my failures or the time when I didn't win the award or the time when I wasn't published or people didn't mm. publish me or the time things didn't go well. So, I mean, there's so many such moments in your life which you only post the good things in your life, right? So people just see the good things in your life. And I also recently started doing this. I do post this. I am not afraid to admit, I'm not embarrassed to admit that I've been here in London for four years. I started properly earning last year. Last year was the first time I actually had income in my bank account. The first two years, I was just working extremely hard to build my brand. And I was doing a lot of pro bono stuff and you need to be super self-motivated, Gul, as you would know, because you're not going to that if you are not getting any income where you returns from that, you have to just keep on working hard for hours and hours on weekends. I mean, literally, it's funny that, that you know, I've, I've recently watching Merlin with, with Ibrahim, right? My son. And um, I love Merlin. I've watched the whole series. <laughs> exactly. So I was watching it and, and last year, this time, uh, Ibrahim watched it with, with his dad and I had, abs- I was w- there working away, you know, slaving away, I would say. And I had no recollection because, you know, there were so many movies they would watch, but I would just be, you know, constantly on my laptop working, working, working. So it has been like lots of hard work. I would say that, you know, success doesn't come overnight. So for anybody who is looking to achieve success overnight, it doesn't come like that. And 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 to be honest, if I look at my success right now, it's also not just people usually see it's London, right? Four years, but it's actually been 14 years in the making. Yes. Because I've had, I had to start from scratch in Dubai too. So, you know, I spend that time starting from, from zero. And I brought my business up to a level and then boom, I was dropped to the ground. I had to start level and start again. And then I was brought up to that level and then boom, COVID happened. So, you know, now you again need to revisit your business plans and your ideas. So, so I think, what is important is that when you have those weak, vulnerable moments, you need to acknowledge that. Do not dismiss it. Because we all humans, we will get these moments where we will feel 
you know, what am I doing here? You know, uh, what if people find out that I'm not that smart or what, what, what will happen? You know, am I, am I a fraud? Am I fake? So these questions always, and, and, and the good thing is imposter syndrome usually impacts people who have had success in the past. So it's like, you know, the more success you get, the more imposter syndrome affects you. And the bad news is that you never really get rid of imposter syndrome. It's always there. I remember I had been, um, featured as, as a role model alongside amazing influencers like Ariana Huffington and Rish Mashrajani and these amazing global influencers. And I was right there in the book with these people, right? Uh, with Hollywood celebrities. I mean, I, uh, you know, De- I, I, I remember Deborah had, had posted this on Facebook and I'd seen her movie like 11 years ago sitting on my couch and I never knew that I would be quoted in a book with this Hollywood celebrity. It was a huge feeling. I didn't sleep the whole night. And then my husband was like, did you bribe your way into it? I said, no, there was no money involved. And there's nothing involved. So he's like, you obviously have done something, to, you know, done something to earn this. So he said, why don't you, do, you know, recollect your um, past achievements? And I think this is a very good advice. Whenever you feel unworthy, I think, list down all your accomplishments in the past. <laughs> Uh, because, uh, you know, chances are that you have impacted, you know, somebody, at least, if, if not not hundreds of people, then at least one person. And even if you have impacted it one person positively, that's enough motivation to go ahead. I mean, when I started writing my blogs, I had promised myself that even if one person reads my blogs, I'll be more than happy. And I started with that passion that I don't want to impact thousands. I mean, now, thankfully, thousands do read my blogs, but I said that, you know, I'm just going to impact one person. You have to start small. You don't have to start huge and say, oh, like, you know, unless a million people don't read my stuff, I'm not going to publish it. So it has, you know, start with small expectations, work extremely hard. There will be times when the imposter syndrome is going to be alive and it's going to rear its ugly head um, and really bother you. But it's just that, uh, I would say there's a thin line between confidence and overconfidence. When imposter tells you to sort of do your research, don't speak, then then listen to the imposter because imposterism is actually a good thing. A lot of people could do with a healthy dose of self-esteem. So listen to the imposter. Uh, and and perhaps, you know, re- do your research. But if you feel that you've adequately researched, you've done your job, it's step up and do it anyway. So I think that's really important. And, and you know, everybody feels negative from time to time. So I think you just have to practice positive visualization. Imagine, I, I always imagine myself going to stage and people laughing for me, always. That's like, Every time I speak, I feel people are going to be so excited with me on stage. They're going to love my energy. And in the end... And they do. And they do. And they do. Thankfully, they do. But I think positive visualizations. These things really, really help. And of course, friends and, you know, people like Gulhan listen to her regularly. You're going to be very motivated all your life. You really are going to do wonders in your business. Oh, thank you for that. Let's go this way then. So you've had amazing achievements. And I know, you know, through, you know, through the, the career graph that you've had, what would you say has been your biggest achievement and why? I think my biggest achievement to date would be um, being public, you know, being a published author, writing a book, which got amazing testimonials, which made it to the local news and Europe breaking news and, um, you know, a lot of several recommended reading lists. And because of that, I was also sort of later on quoted in, in um you know, quoted as the role model in another book. And then um, recently I started nominated for Influential Women's Award. I won the Women in Media Award last year. Um, so I think these are 
some some of the achievements that I'm really really thankful. I got a letter from the mayor of London, which was also very exciting. So yeah, I think lots of these different achievements. Um, you know, yesterday I I not yesterday last week actually the British Pakistani Foundation they contacted me and they said we want to feature you as an outstanding British Pakistani. Oh wow! And I was like, what really? So that was really exciting. Um. And uh, so, I mean, you know, these little acknowledgements have been absolutely amazing. I think the best would definitely be the fact that I was published as an author. So what is, you've achieved so much, and I know you're very ambitious, you want to strive further. What keeps you, what keeps you motivated? What keep, how do you, you know, when you, you have all these people praising you, because I know you're being very modest at the moment, you've, you mentioned it, but if somebody actually goes into this research and you will realize it's actually a very modest version of what you've achieved. How do you keep yourself motivated to move forward? How do you think, okay, now I need to do this. I can move forward from there. And then yet, because I know we personally, you're very, very humble, very grounded person. How do you attain and achieve all the success and continue to move forward, strive in the direction of more success, yet remain grounded? How do you change your mindset or how do you deal with your mindset around that? So I think for me, humility has been passed on to me by my parents. I think it's been literally uh, something which has been really, really important for me. I do talk to a lot of people. I interview a lot of people. And the first thing they say is, oh, my God, you know, you're such an inspiration, but you're so humble. You're so down to earth. You're so grounded. And I feel that, you know, why shouldn't I be? I mean, you know, I have been blessed with a lot of achievements, uh, but it's not just something and I do own my achievements it's not that I, I dismiss the compliments and I say but honestly something uh, there have been a lot of people who have been responsible and, and I really believe in you know uh, in, in divine energy as you call it that's what you right. call it Allah and I think Allah is the one who has blessed me with, with everything so why shouldn't I be humble so humility I think is really important to me and I, I remember somebody had called um you know, the New Zealand Prime Minister, Jacinda, had, somebody had said that, you know, just because she's empathetic, she's probably not strong. And I refuse to acknowledge, and she said that I refuse to acknowledge, and I also refuse to accept this. You can be very strong. You can really be very strong. At the same time, you can be empathetic and you can be humble. Agreed. So um, what motivates me is, a point, and I'm very passionate about um, empowering women and ethnic minorities, particularly here in the UK. Back in my country, I'm very passionate about closing the gender gap, which is huge. Yeah, I know. I also want to now get into involving youth, you know, with be, be it Asian youth, Pakistani youth, Muslim youth, or youth globally, you know, from marginalized mm -hmm. communities, uh, irrespective of their bag, background, gender, faith, um, socioeconomic, uh, you know, conditions. People, there are lots of marginalized communities, right? So. I really want to support those people to break the glass ceiling. And I think that really motivates me. The impact that I have this week has been um, amazing, Alhamdulillah, because I've had coaching clients in, in Australia, Canada, London, and, uh, and Malaysia. Mm -hmm. And the feedback was, was brilliant. Um, and I think it's, it's not even, of course, the financial bit is important, but it's just the impact you have on people when they feel that, oh my God, you know, thank you so much. I really took that next step because of you. I think that's what really keeps me going, just to be able to help communities, you know, countries or just people individually to sort of progress and get to that next level. Thank you so much, Ram. So on, uh, on parting terms, tell us one tip that you want to give our listeners right now. Wow, I have so many tips. <laughs> what should I say? I think 
being positive and being grateful, I think, has is something which always sort of helps me. Um, and when I say be positive and be grateful, it doesn't mean that you be positive and grateful all the time. There will be times when you will really feel very annoyed and excruciatingly frustrated. Uh, but, um, and that's fine. Acknowledge those moments. Know that you're going through a bad time. Don't dismiss it because I think a lot of mental health problems arise because you say, oh, you know, yes. maybe I shouldn't complain. Maybe I'm, you know, I'm better. Yes, you are better off than hundreds of people. But if you're going through a moment, don't dismiss it. Acknowledge it. But you are going through a bad time. Don't compare yourself with anybody. But then after you have your meltdown, after you've wallowed in despair for a number of days, which I'm a huge fan of, well, not a number of days, but a day or two, eat chocolate, you know, candy, whatever it takes to motivate you and then get back and then do remember the things which you have in life, which you are, which we, which we take for granted, like a roof over our head, you know, food to eat. And I think COVID-19 has sort of really made us realize the importance of so many little things in our life, which we took for granted. So that's really important. Being positive, being grateful uh, is something which is always going to really, really help you in life. And humility is is under is underrated. I think the humility always also really helps you in being more likable and be vulnerable. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable, authentic, and of making mistakes. Because by making mistakes, you show to people that you are, you know, you're genuine, you're real, you're human being like them, and that's what inspires them. So you said one, I gave you my tips. Sorry. <laughs> that's fine thank you so much for that so here where can we find you oh okay sorry so uh on twitter instagram and facebook yeah uh, my twitter my my handles for all three of these is, is at advancing you um then my website is www.advancingyourpotential.com and then um on linkedin i'm there as hero ali coach Okay, brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for having you know, coming and sharing all those, you know, those tips and those, um, and sharing your most importantly your journey and sharing, sharing the vulnerable side of you, which people don't get to see when they see the the here best-selling author or, or here at the coach or here at the expert in various fields that you are. So thank you for being so vulnerable. Thank you for being so open and thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. For those of you watching, thank you so much for watching today's um, session with Hera Ali. I'll be back with another feature for the Friday feature with someone else, another amazing story, another inspiring story. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Kind signing off. Take care and bye for now. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. That's G-U-L-L-K-H-A-N.com. And if you want to take part in our free five-day millionaire mindset makeover challenge, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.millionairemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in our free five-day challenge. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan. Bye for now.